Hey guys, welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. March Madness is here, and to help you with your bracket, make sure you listen to One Shiny Podcast with Mark Titus and Tate Frazier. Also, be sure to check out the Ringer's YouTube channel to watch Tate and Titus build their bracket and break down every matchup on their selection show, as well as Roger Sherman, who offers his three Cinderella picks for the NCAA tournament. You can find those at youtube.com slash the ringer. Jam session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We've got scandals to discuss. We really do. How exciting. I was uh, obviously we'll be discussing the college admissions bribery scandal that has ensnared Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. Yes. A lot more glee, it seems to be, in, Lo- in Lori Laughlin's plight than Felicity Huffman's, which I think is interesting. We can discuss. And yeah, there's just a, a lot to dive into. So we will. There's also mm-hmm. uh, J-Lo and A-Rod finally engaged. Yeah, that's Joyce. I have one more scandal. We didn't discuss this. This is like a live throwing a wrench in Cool. The, I want to revisit Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, sure. And I really specifically want to talk about the discussion of Elizabeth Holmes's voice. Let's start there. Like, you want to start there? Yeah, wow. Let's, okay. Let's, why not? Wow. This is so exciting. This is I, how the this is how the podcast magic works, folks. I recently sent an article but didn't read to my friend. That was <laughs> from from BuzzFeed, I believe. That was the the headline was "Will we ever tire of discussing Elizabeth Holmes?" Mm-hmm. And it's a great question. My friend, I also think, didn't read it, but okay. just responded no. Yeah. And there's so much fascination around her. Also, is that movie ever coming? Darren Aronofsky. Oh, that's true. Was it? No, I think it's Adam McKay who's doing it. Oh, is it's it? It's Adam McKay, but with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, and I, Jennifer I Lawrence accepted it while she was dating, dating Darren, Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. So got I understand. It. Yeah, I think it is in the works. Okay. Well, she also got engaged. So she perhaps on personal, mm-hmm. on a personal lane right now. Um, Elizabeth Holmes is like really in right now. Yes. And that's partially because there was a documentary uh, directed by Alex Gibney. Yes. Based on the reporting uh, in the Wall Street Journal and in Vanity Fair and John Carreyrou's book that came out this, yes. this week. And there also was a podcast about it as yes, well, also correct. based on his reporting. Yeah. Does he get royal? Does John Carreyrou get royalties on all of these projects? I think we would have to ask him. It is a really interesting moment in terms of scam media. And yes. we should talk more about this as we also talk about uh, the college admission scandal, sure. which was ready-made. But, it rem- you know, it is kind of like the fire Festival doc thing where the first wave is all of the investigative reporting. Mm-hmm. And then now you get a podcast and a documentary and, like, all of the blog posts and coverages that come with the second wave yes. of, of journalism or projects about it. So it is kind of— you know, the scam thing is ongoing and it becomes a meta-narrative about the thing, which is kind of where we are. It's sort of funny. I think for people like you and me who've worked in digital media for a long time, yeah, there used to be such an incredible stigma against aggregation. Yes. And, like, that was a major critique of, like, the Huffington Post and of BuzzFeed and other early big traffic websites that they were just, they're, like, mm-hmm. they're just aggregated or they don't do anything. Yeah. But it's just amazing how much digital media across platforms and mediums themselves is basically aggregation yeah. in general. Like of so much of the Elizabeth Holmes economy is not original reporting. I mean, which is also right here. Like we're a part yeah. of it as well. That's true because there is, you know, people just want to discuss it and it, parse different parts of it. It means a lot of different things to different people. And so, you know, a story is really good when it can support that level of aggregation, right? And that's when these things blow up because there are so many different ways to talk about it and people are so fascinated. Yeah, and so many ways in. The Elizabeth Holmes thing is still amazing. 
just the basic fraud and the basic lying that was involved and how many people bought into it. Totally. And, and she had several ena- very important enablers at the company mm-hmm. at Theranos. To your point, we've all kind of known that. That's all been documented. And John Kerry's book is like really, really exhaustive in this sense. So I brought it up because in conjunction with the recent documentary, and this is pretty obvious when you're talking about a documentary, a lot of people have been talking about her voice. Yes. Which, can we just play a clip of her voice? This is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. And Very um, strange. Okay, so— I, I Sounds like a joke. I, I think it's—so it's not real. And that's the thing. And I, This is apparent—this is well documented in John Kerry's book is that she would use this voice for interviews, and it's, like, not real. And it's—I mean, it is essentially, like, the mustache and glasses yeah. thing that you put on in terms of fakeness. It's amazing. But— because it's a documentary and because her voice is featured prominently in it in a way that, you know, is not in a book, people have been talking a lot about this yeah. with good reason. And then, of course, it segues into should we talk about a woman's voice and sure, how they— fry. Yeah, and sexist, when, it's when we critique women, critique women who talk in public, which, you know, you and I are no strangers to. Sure. Um, which has just been fascinating to me how the economy of a scandal and— primarily a woman in a scandal moves so quickly. It's true. Because now we're to the backlash of like, we probably shouldn't be worried about her voice. We should be worried about the fact that she thought she lied about saving the world with her blood testing technology that didn't work. Anyone who's had blood tests, had blood drawn like more than three times, if they like heard about this, would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) It's like so crazy. If you... How It's it's just ridiculous that that people like like a pinprick one drop could could be enough. But... Back to the actual point about talking about her voice. It's interesting. I think it's a credit to her scam that that's kind of the entry point for sexism in many ways with her because she also had like this relationship with one of her employees that I'm surprised is not discussed more, which I guess I'm happy is not discussed more in some weird way. Right. Um, And it's almost like she was so good at what she was doing that it's hard to be sexist with her and hard to like just sort of chop a lot, just sort of like, cut a lot of this down to very tired sexist tropes. It's kind of like a weird inversion. So to be clear, to be good at lying and perpetrating a fraud against the public. Yeah. And not good at being an entrepreneur who is oh, saving. No. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be clear. To be a good scammer. But like, is she a good scammer? I Is it a testament to her? Or is it a testament to how gullible we all are? I, I mean, Because this voice... I mean, come on, fam. You're not supposed to make fun of people, but I just couldn't. It sounds like she, like, didn't have a voice alterer, so she just kind of decided to wing it or something. It's very strange. Yeah, and I guess, although I suppose you're not—it's not like we're—I suppose it's not like we should have known because she was being supported by so many other institutions, and you're not supposed to criticize someone's voice, so—especially a woman's voice, so I guess— Maybe in the context, it all sounded believable and added to her general, like, eccentric inventor vibe, which yeah. she certainly had. You know, she has the uniform. She has the the hair, which is definitely a choice. Yeah, she modeled herself after Steve Jobs. Right. So she wore, like, the black turtlenecks and sort of tried to be the austere and driven Silicon Valley CEO that she, that she had in her mind. Right. I think— it just, it makes me a little nervous because now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, we all should have known. This is a real joke because that voice is ludicrous and her whole persona is 
pretty fake. You can you can kind of see through it now. But that I I worry that everyone will then start to focus on the external attributes, sure. particularly of women in public, as a way to not give people credit where they're due because Elizabeth Holmes ruined it for everyone. Sure. Which she also did by uh, making up a fake technology yeah. and taking a lot of money. She ruined it for everyone on a number of levels. When you when you read his book or listen to the many podcasts about this, the red flags are so obvious. Yeah, I know. That it's just like, uh, wait, why did anyone else intervene here? Well, I you know, and I do wonder. You, you encounter those people in your own life, right? Where there there are always people who are hustling and it's like hmm this seems a little weird or not even weird but it's just like this is a person who is like clearly gunning for attention clearly gunning for success yeah and some parts of it seem a little off or a little fake or a little it's it's not how you might choose to do it it's if you're trying to live a quote authentic life right but in a day-to-day experience you're just like okay whatever i'm just going to try to ignore this or <laughs> i'm going to sidestep it and just not like I'm going to try to engage as little as possible with right. this and just move on with my life. And I do wonder how many people are like, hmm, this seems like a problem, but it ain't my problem. Not, not mine. Yeah, not my It It's really just seems like a not my problem. Totally. It, to an exploded to infinity. Also, so much of Silicon Valley is like these like big ideas that like if you can pull them off, that's mm-hmm. amazing. But like you're just, it's kind of like a, an entire economy of speculation. And so it's, I think, easy to, not easy, but scam. It seems more ripe for scamming than some other places. And I say that someone lives in Los Angeles, a city full of scam artists who are just trying to convince you of one con or another. It's very true. I think in many ways, if she hadn't picked such a scientific scam, she could have gone forever. Like, this is the problem, (laughs) right? You can't scam when science is involved because at some point the science is going to fail. But otherwise, it it was a pretty effective experiment in myth-making and self-creation. Uh, yeah, yeah. She did a great job until she did it. Yeah. Until John Kerry came along. How long do you think that we're going to be in the Elizabeth Holmes economy? Well, how long would you say it's going on so far? Like, are, there's a, there's this fresh wave that's probably about six weeks old. Yeah. But she's been, I think it's been like the entire time I've lived in L.A., she's been like a... Well, a person of interest. Certainly, there was a Vanity Fair article um, that we discussed years that we ago. discussed early in jam session. And tremendous stuff. Yeah, and so that's almost three years ago now. I yeah. think also, and this is a a good segue into part two. But we really are in the this scam economy to the point that I, as an editor, am kind of like a little tired of all the pitches that are like sure. in the era of scams. What does it say about whatever? Which you know. It is true that there are a lot of things and they are getting a lot of attention, but we are really, everyone's latching on to like, it's the it's the time of scammers. And Andy King, the guy from the Firefest doc on Netflix, yeah. who um, was like willing to give the blowjob, he has become like a major like celebrity in LA. Right. I've heard of like several people being like, yeah, I saw him around and he like ever wanted to take a picture with him. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird time in the scam economy. Well, it makes sense, right? It, at any time when you feel like institutions are failing you, which institutions are always failing us, sure. but it is a particularly acute Less moment. confidence than ever. And I think also particularly for millennials who feel that no institution was ever built to serve them. I get it. It it does make sense in the moment that the scammers would become heroes. What's the previous scam era? Like, what predates this this moment? In terms of scammers or celebrating scammers? I think just scam. Like, I guess, like, who are some of the great scammers of of 
popular history and also like in our lifetime is there like a, a, a analogous scam moment because I'm, I'm actually not sure that there is well I mean I guess like Millie Vanilli is one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that there is certainly I do think a lot of it's tied to, to Silicon Valley culture and how it's like really easy to peddle it an idea that's like then ultimately like a big nothing yeah, I'm trying to think. And this veers into dad history mode. You know, sure. like, I'm sure that there is a dad out there who maybe listens to Jam Session who's just like, well, I'd love to tell you about the Watergate era and yeah. how public faith in institutions eroded and yada, yada. If only so, we were living in Watergate, Trump would be out by now. I know, it's true. It's true. But, it, I mean, obviously there are a lot of similarities there. There's some, there's some like, kind of offshoots of this. Like, other, like, now, like— there's several famous grifters that also are kind of oh right because like there's also there's Anna Delvey yeah there's just a lot of grift is also in I think they go together basically of course and I do think that the popular conception of the grifter has also changed like I I just think that there's a little bit more there's a weird like allure to it now oh yeah that makes more sense to me because those are just people trying to to work a system that doesn't work yeah totally and like it's, there's social media plays into that a lot yeah. It's just it's been a really good year, really good 12 months for grifters and scam artists. I mean, let's talk about the the greatest scam sure. story of the century. Absolutely. This one is amazing. The amount of schadenfreude and just general public amazement and delight at the details of the college admission scandal has been quite notable. What's your favorite detail that's, that's come to light? Well, I just can't believe they showed up at Felicity Huffman's house with, like, guns drawn at 6 a.m. I mean, I can because what she did was illegal. And I think we've all had a lot of fun at the expense of these people. And I think that we sort of should continue to because it is amazing. But they're also cheating a lot of people out of college. And it is, I mean, it is just so wealth and privilege and, like, the inequality of America on display. I'm sorry to be your sociology professor, but, like, there it is. So that's all real. And these people are making literal a whole system of privilege and getting people into colleges that is happens on many levels that are considered legal. So this is just, like, the worst example of a very common thing. But it is still, like, very funny that—it's not funny. It is funny. You know what? It's funny that, like, a desperate housewife was arrested in her home at gunpoint. Totally. And also, it is funny. Also, the stakes are kind of, like, so low in a a weird way because all these people are rich enough that they can buy access in other ways. So the fact that they, like, were buying access to college— Particularly still a lot of them live in California where there's a phenomenal UC system. So, like, worst case scenario, you go to a UC school, you're walking away with a great education. It's true. And so it's just sort of the hubris and also the value, the value system on display right. is is like so insane. I to me, I I'm less offended by the like t- getting of spots in, in college and like taking like the opportunity away from other people as I am what it says about like the deep desire to make sure your kid can go to USC or Georgetown or Wake Forest more to be able to say that they go there than for any other reason. Yeah. And to me, they're part of the same thing. And I, you know, I don't know how many literal spots are taken away, but if you can quite literally bribe your kid into college and that's the only thing elite that's illegal, but Donating a building to a college, legal. Yeah. Hiring a tutor, legal. You know, sending your kid to a school where there's a college counselor who can— There are just so many legal ways that if you yeah. have enough money, your kid has a chance at a college education. Not to say 
then you go to college and are saddled with debt unless you have a parent like one of these parents who can pay for it. So it just, it is, it is like the cartoon version of all of the ways in which the college system is like deeply unfair and does keep a lot of people out of it. But it is also at the same time to these people, what the college system is about is not education, but prestige and buying their way into things so that they can yeah know, keep their keep their social position and financial position in the world and in America and that it's allowed for the most part for sure. that to happen. I think you also you hit the nail on the head by you know it's a lot about like the hubris of it too. Mm-hmm. And it's just some of the things they were purchasing is ridiculous. Also it seems like Lori Laughlin may have gotten some some bad deals here. It's a lot of discrepancy between how much people paid for various uh, services. It's really true. And accolades on their resumes, which I, I find hilarious. Also, the fact that um, that for her daughter, being on the crew team was such a major point of contention, I think is really funny. I don't know why, but that's like unto itself, such like an, a major, er, an erudite thing. A major point of contention. Like she, wa- like she paid for her to be on the, like to make it seem like she's on the crew team. Yeah. That she never rode crew. Well, so we've, we've only really talked about the parents part of this, but there is also a college part of it. And it is funny that almost all of the, it's not funny, but it's not ha-ha funny. How about that? That's what I mean going forward. It's not like ha-ha funny, but it's a little amusing that all of the sports that are involved in this, because one of the ways in which the parents bribed or got their kids in was by the middleman, Rick Singer, bribing college coaches. (laughs) But not just college coaches. They are almost, they're tennis coach, sailing coach, water polo crew, which are sports that require a lot of money to entry. Yes. Right? And so it's just already at such a laughable elitist level. I know. It just feels like it should be a plot on Desperate Housewives or the OC or something like that. There's also one thing here. It was shocking to me that colleges like Yale and Georgetown are not doing any fact-checking I know in terms of these applications, which, I, you know, I, they admit a 1,000 students a year at least. It is a lot, but that you can just put whatever on your college education and no one's committing any resources at these extremely well-funded schools to be like, hmm, maybe we should check that out. Yeah, I know. Didn't really occur to me ever. It's similar to how publishing companies don't fact-check books. Yeah, it's true. It's really weird. It's like just... Invest in someone to right. make sure that's true or check a reference or something exactly. like that. Ask for photos. Picks or it didn't happen. Right. That kind of thing. Well, although some people did, in fact, create the picks and spent a lot of money buying water polo equipment to then, like, <laughs> stage water polo, which is hilarious. And that's genuinely funny. It's just incredible. And someone made a rowing photo on, like, a rowing machine in their basement. God bless. You know, the number one lesson, like, don't cheat, don't lie on your college application. But I can't believe that it didn't occur to anyone. Like, maybe we should just follow up on this. Maybe we should see whether this person ever played in a USDA tennis tournament. I don't know. It's also just, like, the people who paid this guy are so lazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's, like, so obvious. It's not even worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It's, in high school, it's not that hard to pad your resume. Like, just do a couple of things and, and put them on there. Well, so that's the—let's talk about the kids. Sure. Because so none of the kids have been charged because, for the most part, they, quote, didn't know. Right. And it is a lot about a recurring theme, especially especially with Lori Laughlin and Olivia Jade, who we're going to talk about. Yes. But it's just that the kids don't care. They don't want to try at all. Yeah. They just, like, literally, Olivia Jade didn't fill out her college applications. They don't 
want to do any of the work or like not interested in school. There is now a pass. Yeah, there's a now iconic video of Olivia Jade being like, as you guys know, I'm not really into school. Which like fine. Then why did your parents pay five hundred thousand dollars to get you into school? Especially when you have a flourishing in- influencer career without school. Totally. So she is an influencer, opened herself up for a lot of jokes and memes. Yeah. And now she's losing a lot of her sponsors as a right. result of this scandal. And I personally don't understand why. Like, what has changed about Olivia Jade in the last 10 days? I I agree with this, mostly. I mean, I know what has changed, which is now that, like, her mother is implicated in a a massive fraud scandal that was about her. And also, she was allegedly on the USC president's yacht at the time that her mother was arrested. And president of the board, Rick Caruso's yacht. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It was, because I guess, you know, he he, he was, she was on Rick Caruso's yacht when this went down and Rick Caruso's like the patron saint of my life. So very, very (laughs) exciting crossover. But it's also like, she, it, she doesn't seem to be totally... She's presented herself as a vapid Instagram influencer before. Right. And she continues to do that now. And I don't know why that affects her sponsorships. Honestly, like, her sponsors, if you're so offended by this, like, maybe should have been offended by who she was before. I'm just saying, I don't think the kids should take any of the heat. Most of them aren't. But even someone like her, I'm just like, I don't know what has changed. She is, she's even more who we thought she was. You made the good point that her, the actual people who are being influenced by her. Yeah. Are probably not. They probably don't care. Like deep in the complaint, they may not even know. Right, exactly. (laughs) They haven't read everything, though. She was then targeted by other people on Instagram, so her Instagram comments are like a mess. Yes, and many other rich kids are are mad at the ones who are giving them a bad name. Yes, like they've like. There's a few who uh, are calling calling out their brethren of of other LA rich kids and children of celebrities. Yeah, can I read this? Uh, John Owen Lowe. Son of Rob. I love Rob Lowe. Like, absolutely love. Yes. Who is, who took to the same day. This is the other thing. Shout out to kids. It only takes them hours to get in on the subtweets. Incredible. It's a a thread. But the first is, I studied for months for the SAT, twice, sometimes three times a week, ton of practice tests, blah, blah, blah. You know, the amount of stress kids put into that to potentially lose a spot to someone unfairly is horrible. And then he's like, and let me say, I'm incredibly grateful that I had the privilege and opportunity to have a tuner and to afford practice test programs. A lot of kids don't. And then he literally just posted a picture of him at Stanford graduation with still proud of this achievement. Happy for everyone out there who earned their accomplishments and really sad for those who were never allowed the opportunity. <laughs> this is amazing. Really just good. like, I'm Rob Lowe's son and I earned my spot at Stanford and how dare all these other people not. Which, you know. Impressive. Congrats to Rob Lowe's son. It's, it's. College is a dirty game. It's not a meritocracy. Yeah. It's sad, but true. Jared Kushner went to Harvard. Did he deserve it? Probably not. (laughs) I don't even think we need the probably on this one. But it is fascinating. I think we'll be talking about this for a very long time. Here's the other thing I want to ask you. Okay. How many more operations like this do you think are out there? So many. Right? So many. That's the thing, because I just feel like Felicity Huffman is has a lot of options to choose from when she's trying to get her kids into school. Oh, definitely. Right? She didn't, she didn't even try that hard. She didn't even pay that much. You know? 15000 That's true. Yeah, it's, that's low. Just to I mean, arrange the tests. For those. For her, I mean. Yeah. And then they opted not to arrange the test for the second daughter. Right. 
Maybe I thought she was smarter. Yeah. How do you feel about Bill Macy not being named in the complaint, but Felicity Huffman being arrested at dawn? I think that marriage <laughs> laws sorry. should apply to, like, family um, crimes as well. Like, I feel like it's very unlikely she acted alone, though perhaps mm-hmm. she did. And it's like, if you have to share your money, you should also have to share the sentence or the crime. Okay. So... We definitely know she didn't act alone because he is on the tape recorder talking to this guy. Yes. So I suppose the theory about why he's not named and wasn't arrested is because they didn't have enough evidence, whether it was like actual wire trans, money transfers or whatever that you actually need to charge someone. But he's definitely involved. I, I think that I agree. I don't know whether I agree about this. It should be. I will say on the other hand, like for the kids, it would be nice if they didn't have one parent. In prison. Assuming she'll go to prison, which I doubt. Right. I think that's true. It just seems like in this case he actually was involved. I don't know whether people in marriages should have to share crimes. <laughs> like, I, and I'm just thinking self-preservation-wise sure. here. I'm also, frankly, a little alarmed that I just gave away half my money when I signed a marriage contract. But whatever. Different topic for a different day. Among you and your husband, I think you seem more likely to commit a crime now. <laughs> So maybe he should be more concerned. <laughs> That's probably true. I also thank you. I actually take that as a compliment. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Um, I think that basically people should be held responsible for their actions. And in this case, it does seem like Bill Macy was also involved. Very tough for me as he's on perhaps my favorite show, ER, as, yes. as a kind of moral beacon. Mm-hmm. I can't believe them, too. Lori Laughlin. The jokes just write themselves about Aunt Becky and everything. But those two, they really see. We just were recently discussing their home and Architectural Digest. Like, oh my gosh, we were. How did we go from Architectural Digest to here? I thought they were they were beyond this in their lovely Colorado home, but I guess not. No, I, I I don't understand. I'm not a parent, but I guess if I felt that my child didn't have a good chance of getting into a good school, I might go to great lengths. But I probably would just like pay a tutor. The other thing I wanted to mention is this is much more common in sports. Sports like John Calipari famously helped Derek Rose find someone to take the SATs for him. Right. And so the absurdities and hypocrisies of the college system are many. That is absolutely true. And that's why I think that this is the first of many. Oh, yeah. I don't think that this is the last college admission scandal that we'll see involving a famous person. All the rich finance people of New York City are not involved. Like, there's not like something happening there. Exactly. It just seems completely. I mean, it just seems like these networks are everywhere and these people just got caught and got caught first. Yes. And I I assume other people will get caught because, as we have noted, the thirst for scams and scams exposed in America very high right now. It's at least, true. at least on a extracurricular basis, not actually in like <laughs> politics or anything in business or anything that matters. Only but whatever, low scams. Yeah. yeah, we got more celebrity news to talk about. First, let's talk about our sponsor, Hotel Tonight. This winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Amanda, where do you want to go? You know me. I'm a warm person. Just go to Hawaii. Just look look oh, for something. We say this every week. I'm really going to do it. <laughs> That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They rely on people like Amanda just being like, I'm going to go to Hawaii. I need to book a room. So they team up with awesome hotels to help sell those rooms and pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last resort type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool, top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. Unlike other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can play things by ear or use Hotel Tonight to book in advance. 
When you join their HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. So to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. We're going to talk about J-Lo and A-Rod and also some great recent celebrity photography. But first, I meant to tell you that I read a Daily Mail article, speaking of aggregation, wow. about the book Kushner, in, like whatever that new Kushner book is. Oh, about Carly. Yeah. About yeah, Car- I read this too. About Carly and, wow. and Josh. Yeah. So the Kushners hate Carly Kloss per the Daily Mail about this book. And it says that the Kushner family like tried to get rid of her. They refer to her as a shiksa, which is a derogatory term for a non-Jewish woman. In the, it's a vanka. Yes. Who refers to... Who was formerly a shiksa herself. Right. So um, they didn't let her come to family events. And the wedding is seen... The Josh and Carly wedding is seen as like a fuck you to the Kushner parents because it wasn't yeah. like a big society event. And mm-hmm. it was like... It was like private and tasteful and therefore considered um, a fuck you to his parents, which is just incredible. And the ire for Carly Kloss just made me like her more. And it made me like Josh more because me too. he's his own man. You know what was not mentioned in the entire Daily Mail article, which is about how much the Kushners hate her, is that Charles Kushner spent 14 months in federal prison yeah. for like various illegal activities yes. related to real estate and defrauding people. So, and this is based on the book um, Kushner Inc. by Vicki Ward. If, if you're interested in learning right. more about the Kushner family and and uh, their problems, which there seem like there are many, yeah. Uh, it sounds like this book really goes after Jared and Ivanka, but Carly Kloss, big winner of this Kushner Inc. book. I think so as well. And I think it does what Josh Kushner certainly wants, which is distance himself from his family and specifically Jared and Ivanka a bit, which I'm sure is great for his business. You almost wonder whether he's a source in it, but or someone close to him is. It definitely seems like it's from their perspective. Definitely. I loved it. Some other um, tabloid news that I've wanted, I wanted to discuss with you. Yeah. Last week, the New York Times wrote an article that was then based on a Page Six article about this really rich guy named Harry Macklow, who mm-hmm. had a really um, long, protracted, acrimonious divorce with his first wife, and he remarried oh, this yeah. French woman. Yeah, and because his wife made his ex-wife made the um, divorce last for so long, he wasn't able to have like a really fancy society wedding in Southampton over the summer, and so he got back at her by putting these giant forty-foot. Port, photo portraits of him and his new wife on the exterior of a building he owns on Park Avenue that I think his ex was supposed to move into. And it's the most spiteful, bitter, petty move that an ex can make. And I was just dying over it. I loved it. So it's a fantastic article. We'll link to it. You really should read it. Some things to note here are that Macklow was married to his first wife, the ex in question, for 50 years. 50. 50. And also, he is 81 years old. This really reminded me of something that Roger Sterling would perhaps do. Because he thought it was funny. Yeah, but I Roger's think so. Than this. Uh, to me, I also don't think that Macklow seems that smart. Because he's 81 years old. He's already, at the end of his life, gotten a divorce where he had to give away $1 billion of his $2 billion. Yes. <laughs> and then he immediately got married again, which is just... I mean, you're just giving away so much money so late in your life. And I I think that's good from a, you know, world. We should all share our wealth, but whatever. This isn't a politics podcast. This is like clearly <laughs> money means a lot to him. Yes. And he, amassing it and keeping it for a long amount of time. And then he has made a series of decisions from the ages of like 78 to 81 
did is diminish his fortune considerably. And then he's celebrating it, including getting remarried, which, like, by the way, you just don't have to get remarried to anyone. You could have put this billboard up without actually signing on the line, sir. But you're 81 and kind of doddering. And I don't know whether Roger Sterling would ever be that doddering, though I guess he did marry Jane, Jane. which didn't make a lot of sense. Part of their divorce and their $2 billion divide of assets Mm -hmm. includes selling works by Basquiat, Giacometti, Picasso, and Warhol. That sucks. <laughs> also, so I don't know that, yes, she had a contract to buy an apartment in the building. Yeah. But then she exited the deal so that she could keep the condo in the plaza, created by joining seven apartments they bought in 2007 and valued by the court at $72 million. That's insane. This is truly the kind of people who would have been brought down in the French Revolution. Like this, like they would they would also be asking to eat their cake. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Harry Macklow, apparently he's, I was talking to my mom about this and apparently he's infamous and known for being a jerk in New I, York. I mean, that seems right. Also, these photographs that are so large on the building, but they really kind of do look like yearbook photos yes. from 1952. It's really confusing. <laughs> they truly do. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really uh this is this is scamming in a way, but this is no one's held him responsible yet. So, and he just put a big target on the side of a building in New York City. God knows what this guy's paid for yeah. in his time. Okay. I just wanted to mention them. It's probably my favorite art- article of 2019 so yeah, far. Yeah, don't don't do this. No, definitely don't. Right. Uh, moving on, J Lo and A Rod together at last. Katie Baker wrote a great article about this. She really did. We just I we needed to officially market in jam session terms because this is a big deal. I love them. I hope they're happy. I'm very upset with Jose Canseco, known crazy person. Okay. Like the day after they got they announced their engagement, he claimed that A-Rod was cheating on J-Lo with his ex-wife, with like Jose Canseco's ex-wife. And it's like, man, do you need the attention right now? Yeah. I hope that's not true, A. And B, just go away. Nobody needs it. I don't need that at all. Um, Her ring is too big, in my opinion. Yeah, let me ask. I wanted to ask questions about the ring and the engagement photos. Sure. Okay, let's start with the ring. It okay. really... It's large, but also too simple. It looks basically like a ring you get in a little toy machine at the grocery store for 25 cents. I thought it looked like a ring pop. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You know, if it's what she wants, I feel almost 100% certain that she designed it herself, but... I, you know. Yeah, it it seems like it. It's just a giant square cut diamond. Who dreams of that? It's really weird. Not me. Me But different strokes, you know. Let's talk about the engagement photos. Okay. Because— He's down on one knee wearing white. Right. They're on the beach. It's pretty casual. They have the moment where he's, like, holding the ring out, except these are 1,000% staged, right? Like, they definitely got engaged, and then they— Yeah, they had a photographer standing by. Here's my question. Did he actually even surprise propose her on the beach, or were they like, hey, it's time for us to get engaged. This is really great. Why don't we go do a formal proposal, and we'll have a photographer? Like, was there a real moment and then a fake moment, or was there just the— the moment of that was arranged. My impression of their relationship mm-hmm. is that she's kind of the um, the executive of the relationship. Sure. She, she runs things. That's true. And so I think there probably was like a, a general zone in which an area of the calendar in which perhaps they'd get engaged and it would yeah. then kind of like grew from there. But I get the I get the impression that she's the CEO of of J Rod. Yes. As a quote from A Rod in the People article that they talk about their engagement. This is from A-Rod. 
I don't have to play 162 games anymore, so I have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> Which, it, it's, I like this. It, it's kind of the Alexis Ohanian model sure. to a lesser degree, which is it, the woman is a global superstar and the more important person. And I like the men who uh, recognize that and are willing to kind of publicly play second, second fiddle a bit. I just don't think, I'm, she certainly picked out her ring. She certainly knew it was coming. They certainly know the photographers are there. I can't imagine that they're doing proposal number one spontaneously. I think the one thing we don't, we can't understand, don't have access to as just regular civilians in this world Mm -hmm. is what it's like to constantly photograph and video yourself. Like, and I just think that they're probably like Kanye and Kim with a videographer and photographer at all times. And so there's probably like some outtakes that you're right. It probably was like a different proposal. And these are the ones they decided to share with everyone. Right. But it probably is like a little bit less manufactured because everything they do starts from a higher baseline of manufacturing. I I agree with that. I think that, I just don't think there was ever the original proposal. Sure. I just think, I think this is it, but it was them just being like, "Mm, now it's time to get engaged. Okay. So you get down on one knee and we'll record it, but everything is decided upon. And manufactured sounds ungenerous. Yeah. But you're right that they just live, they live in a different reality yeah. than we I, do. I have a question for you. Where Where do you stand on the veracity to the many, many years of rumored, like, um, arranged relationships in Hollywood? I guess we we talk about this a lot. And my... So I think it's true, and also we don't understand what it means. Right. Because celebrities, as we've been saying, just live a different existence. They are always surrounded by other people. They're told to go different places all the time and do different things, and especially when your personality is so much a part of how you're making money because of social media. I I think that their existence and what's public and what's— private and what's for business and what's for themselves are just really blurred. I don't think it's like separated the way that you and I would think of, okay, now I am doing this because it will be good for my career. And for four hours a day, I'm pretending to be this relationship and 20 hours a day, I have my own life. I think it just kind of like becomes a business arrangement and they become like coworkers. And in a quote, arranged relationship, you kind of get set up by people you have in common, which like... Celebrities have so many agents, managers. There are all of these people who just kind of exist in the celebrity sphere and are like, they pretend like friends. Are they really friends? They wouldn't, we wouldn't consider them friends. Maybe you, you know, I don't know. And then you go out on some dates and then you decide to move in together, (laughs) but like you're traveling all the time. And that's just really different, you know? So I think it's, they aren't relationships as you and I would understand them. And I wonder. I think that they often don't last for a reason. Yeah. Because they aren't relationships as you and I would understand them. But, and I do think there are also some that are just like, here's a contract and show up for four different red carpets and do this, that, and the other. But I kind of, I just think that there's a middle ground. Sure. That was like a really long answer. Yeah. I just, I've been taking in the Jonas Brothers press tour, which is what made me think of it. And they did a lot on Corden, particularly for YouTube. And they rib Joe a lot for his many weddings, which is, like, first of all, culturally insensitive, I think. Like, yeah. not understanding, like, just the Indian customs with his Indian wife. Right. A. And B. Nick, you mean. Yeah, sorry. Nick's. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Nick. Joe's with, with Sophie Turner. Right. Um, and 
that one just seemed so like preordained mm-hmm. because of, of because we you know we did a whole episode on this. And so it was funny hearing them talk about it and like talk about what it's like for them all to be married and and everything. And like Nick was talking about his new in laws, and I was like, I don't believe this more. But I do think that, like, you, it becomes a part of your life. Like, this relationship that you've committed to in, in one way or the other. Yeah. Like, becomes a part of, of your career and, I guess, also your personal life. So you just go with it. Yeah. I mean, with going back to Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod, you have talked many times about, like, you just don't understand how often they see each other yeah. and how the logistics of it work because they have kids who live in different yes. you know, places and they're traveling all of the time. And how do they actually see each other? And I think the answer is they don't as much as you or I might expect to see our life partner. Yeah. Certainly not as much as I expect to see my husband, which he very well knows. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just, it's different because of the terms of, on which they work and they live and their relationship to fame and money and life expectations. It's just so different from ours. Yeah. I hear you. So it's like not real as we would understand it, but maybe it's as real to them as it can be. Sure. Yeah, sure. On the topic of Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, just a great photo of them at a Rangers game. Rangers game. We just, we talked about this. I guess it is, I suppose, tis the season. Yeah. Not that I would know. Yeah. It is the season. I I feel like the Stanley Cup, which is what they play for in hockey, look at me, expert. Playoffs are are soonish, so next month. Right. Um, So they were there, and I just like... I love Page Six so much. It gives me the stories like mm-hmm. Harry Macklow and and other like direct New York people who are just total assholes, and mm-hmm. I love love to read about them. Uh, but the Daily Mail has just been bringing the heat with the with the celebrity photography this week, mm-hmm. and that they had this amazing. It, that's where the Sophie Turner Joe Jonas picture was, right? I mean, I think it's like you know, it's widely it's, yeah. Backgrid is really the is like the photo service has really been stepping it up lately. Okay, they also had a great video of Bradley Cooper and David O. Russell leaving the Brentwood Country oh, Mart yeah. together. <laughs> In which the Daily Mail identified Bradley Cooper as having lunch with a friend. Yeah. Bad V for David O. Russell. And then they also had a a bunch of photos of the Olsen standing outside on the street smoking. Right. And it was just, the photos were an iconic tableau. It's nice to know that some things stay the same, right? It's very comforting. They're wearing oversized black Black garments and sunglasses and the hair. Their hair looks kind of greasy and straight. It's a constant in this confusing world. I looked at it and I was like, this could have been taken any time in the last 15 years. That's why I love this photo. I kind of miss celebrities like that. Also, talk about the opposite of the um, college bribery scandal. I mean, the Olsons, shout out to them. They've built an empire. Without having to go to college? Uh, well, they did go to NYU. I don't know oh, if they graduated. Right. Oh, right. I'm not sure if they graduated, but they they built, they transformed themselves. They didn't need Instagram, you know? That's true. I Shout out to them. I just kind of like miss them in general. I, I've always been a fan of Mary-Kate and Ashley. They make nice clothes. They're far too expensive, but what can you do? And also too small. I don't think they make anything in my size. I, it, they are. It's for themselves. They're, yeah. They're quite petite women. Anyway, let's just go back to Sophie Turner really briefly. Who is your classic goes to a hockey game and doesn't know what the hell is happening or doesn't care, as the case may be? I shouldn't. Maybe Sophie Turner knows exactly what's happening at the hockey game and is just bored. But she's just chugging wine to the point that at some point she takes too big a gulp and it starts like pouring down her chin. It's incredible. And is also it's so gross. And is waving a jewel around and, and making out with Joe and having the time of her life. Good for her. They seem happy. They said on Corden that they would be getting married in the next year. They're great sports watchers, which we've discussed. Iconic U.S. Open visitors. They're a party couple, I think. They don't like to stay home. I think they like to be out and about. 
you know, that's good. It's good to find someone who shares your interests, whether it's like being rowdy at various sports events or I don't know, staying home and not doing that. I, I really like it. I It's been a really nice couple of weeks in, in the side from the college cheating scandal. Low stakes celebrity news, just yeah. sort of like nothing too uh, dire, nothing too serious. Just a lot of people going to the Rangers, smoking on the street, going to the Brentwood Country Mart. It's a speed that I like. Let's keep it not controversial and just extremely trivial and frivolous. Right. So that is just the biggest jinx of all time. But we'll Sorry. send the energy out into the universe <laughs> and hope that it comes back to us. Indeed. Thank you for listening. And thank you again to Hotel Tonight. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. 